without further delay, let's receive the presence of Almighty God in this place. Come on, let's honor and welcome him in this place. You are welcome. Lord, you're welcome in this place. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Now, some of you came to be blessed, but David said, bless the Lord. You know how you can bless God by praising him when everything in your life says God's not there and I'm going to praise you anyhow. That blesses the Lord when you can praise him in the midst of your contradiction. Come on, shout hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. I love you, Jesus. I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. He's worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless him, bless him, bless him. Come on, somebody, bless him with me. He's worthy. I will bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He is worthy. Give me a flat. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We appreciate you coming here on this afternoon. I know you have some real important things to do, like um, do the dishes and laundry and mow the lawn. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy Saturday schedule to be here on this afternoon. And you know what? The Lord's going to make sure it is time well spent here today. This is not wasted time. God's got a word for you. Today, and it simply goes this way the marketplace is empty there's no traffic in the streets all the builders tunes are silent no more time to harvest weed busy housewives cease their labor in the courtroom, no debate. Work on earth has been suspended as the king comes through the gate. Oh, the king, the king is coming. Oh, the king is coming. The trumpet sounding, and now his face I see. Oh, the king, Jesus is coming. Oh, the king is coming. Praise God, he's coming for me. And now his face I see. Yeah. 
Come on and give God praise. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I like that song because it speaks confidently. Praise God is coming for me. Now, I don't know about some of you here today, but let me tell you something. This is my motto. There will be no rapture without me. I said, there will be no rapture without me. Hallelujah. I'm not just hoping, honey. There is nothing else but to make the rapture. And I believe I'm going to make it in the rapture. Oh, yes. Some of you right now are not too confident about that. And you're like, well, I hope. I hope I can make it. Oh, Santa, Santo, Santo, please, Lord, help me to make God didn't mean for you to walk around here like, oh, my God, oh, my God, every day. Oh, oh, Jesus. Paul said we have this blessed hope. This is a sure hope. God did not save you to lose you. When God fills you with the Holy Ghost, he fills you with the power. Listen here, he says in Romans, if that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead be in you, he'll also quicken your mortal body. Having the Holy Ghost is not about going crazy, honey. It's having that rising up agent inside of me. There's something in me that wants to jump out of here. That's why we like to jump in our churches. You know what that is? That's a rapture test. Oh, hallelujah. See, right now I'm in this physical body. So this body, when it jumps up, it hits gravity. And gravity says back down get back down but one of these days God's going to give me a new body that gravity has no power over and I'm going to rise Woo! I'm, I'm going to tell you like we say it in the hood we're going to bust a move out of here Busting a move. Glory. So with a hope like this, why should I be discouraged? What a great hope. One day while you're at work, they're going to be laughing and talking about you. Calling you Sister Patty Pentecost. And the Holy Roller Sam. He said, that's all right, just keep talking. You just keep typing on your computer. And one of these days, you're going to hear trumpet sound. Just when your boss gets ready to dog you, say bye-bye. You tell him you can't touch this. Glory to God. 
This is our great hope, saints. The New Testament church never let a service go by without talking about the rapture. In fact, when the saints of old would greet and leave each other, they wouldn't say, what's up? They wouldn't say, get my soul, man. They would say, Maranatha. Maranatha. In Aramaic, you know what it means? It means the Lord is coming. Maranatha. I want you to tell three people, say Maranatha to three people. Maranatha. That means the Lord is coming. I believe I'm on God's assignment today. I believe God sent me here just for this service today. Now you may have other ideas about that, but I know who I am and I know why I'm here. So I don't care what you say. This is an anointed church. Some of you might not realize what you have here. This is a great church. And don't ever talk against your church. And if you hear someone talking, you stand up for Temple of the Redeemer. Don't you talk about Temple. I go to Temple. I go to Redeemer. Now let me tell you something. You have a great man and woman of God in this church. And don't let anyone talk about your pastor or your pastor's wife either. Hallelujah. Amen. This is God's man of faith and power. God will use him in ways that will blow your mind. You'll try to put your foot on him, try to put your thumb down on him, try to hold back your money. That's all right. God's still going to bless him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is a blessed place. I can pick up blessings. I was in Mason. I belong to this church. I lived in Mesa. Hallelujah. And we want to invite all of you anytime you're in San Diego to come to North Park Apostolic. You can catch us on the World Wide Web, www.apostolicpower.org. Check it out. We're the only ones out there with that name, Apostolic Power. <laughs> I don't know how we got it. ApostolicPower.org. You can hear our messages on the internet, sermons and preachings. We had people writing from as far as South Africa and all over the world to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm just trying to figure out any way I can to get the word out. Any way I can, I'm going to get this word out. We're on the internet. We have a radio broadcast. For, the, for many years, we were the only apostolics on the radio in the city of 2 million people. The only English-speaking apostolic broadcast in that city. We have a huge Yellow Page ad, the largest Yellow Page ad in San Diego. We've got billboards all over the city of San Diego right now advertising our Easter service at the convention center. There's nothing we won't do to get the message out. You know why? We've got the best message. Thank you. 
not afraid to be innovative for the gospel. And, and I sense that kind of spirit in your pastor, innovative spirit, willing to push the envelope, willing to stretch a little further. You see, God never called us to duplicate what our forefathers did. It's been done already. He wants you to go beyond. Hallelujah. Joshua was to go beyond what Moses did. Take him into the land. Don't spend another 40 years going around the mountain. Been there, done that. We got a Joshua generation in this church. Let's go into the promised land. Hallelujah. I'm encouraged today and we have to catch a flight tonight, but I, I do want to leave this word in this church. I want to also thank God for your five musicians. They've all been a very great blessing to the service. Each one of these brothers, bass player, pianist, drummer, saxophonist, Kenny G back there, praise the Lord. Amen. They're very valuable. I'm a musician. I'm an organist, and I used to be the minister of music, and I know how the devil can get into music. He started out in the choir, and he took the whole choir out of heaven. There were three archangels, Lucifer, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer took the choir, the worshipers with him. So there is a missing third, and God seeks out in the earth for his missing third. He's looking in temple. Can I get somebody to replace the worshipers who fell out of heaven? We are the third. We are that third. Hallelujah. Lord have mercy. That's why the Bible says he seeketh such to worship him. He is seeking worshipers. Let me tell you something that's going to separate your church from other churches. There are going to be people that come in. For example, you're surrounded by the LD, LDS, Latter-day Saints. Of course, we know we're the Latter-day Saints. And the Mormons. I'm going to tell you something now. They might go back and forth with you about scriptures, and it's going to be hard to get them on scripture because they got another Bible, another book. So it's going to be hard for you all to come to an agreement. But if you can ever get them in your service, Whatever they don't understand theologically, they will pick up experientially. You know why? Because Buddhists, Muslims, Catholics, Mormons have nothing that can compare with apostolic worship. you can never afford to come to church and just chill because you never know who's in the service who needs to know whether God can be experienced or is God just in his Bible or can he be experienced to the throne room. 
he might be off some nights. He might be mad, upset. He might not feel like praising God. Somebody in this audience got to pick it up. Oh! Because I don't know who's in this church who needs to experience God. The Latter-day Saints have what they call the burning in the bosom, but it doesn't compare to apostolic worship. It doesn't compare. So what is it that's going to draw them? When they come to this place, they're going to sense the presence of God. They're going to feel it in a way they've never felt it before. And they'll say, I don't understand this Acts and 238 stuff, but I can't deny what I feel in this place. They're going to be drawn by your worship and by your love. You know, we apostolics, we know it all. We do. We know it all. But let me tell you something. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. They don't care what you know until they know that you really care about them. Love is going to draw them. They're going to come in here all kind of ways with mohawk hairdos, purple hair, rings all in the nose, 15 rings, a bone going through the nose, tattoos over their body, coming here with leather boots on, leather outfit with a whip in the hand. Oh my God, oh my God, get them out of here. No, bring them in here, bring them in here. Let them experience our wash up and God will do the rest. I don't understand an apostolic church. Listen here, we ought to have folks in our churches that look all kind of ways. That shows that we're drawing them out of the streets. We should have some skinheads in here. Oh, get them out. How are they going to get saved? How did Brother Wright get saved? He had to come in here as he was to meet the Lord in your church. those gothic people out there Ooh, they look spooky you know what they're trying to do they're trying to shock you coming here in all black black fingernails got black paint around the eyes hair going straight up every which way fishnet stockings they're trying to shock you Boo. you know what they want to see they want to see if they can scare you away from them and you just come up and say, I don't even bother, that don't even bother me, just praise the Lord. We're so glad to have you. It's going to blow them away. Wow, they, you mean I didn't shock y'all? Come on in. Have a seat, brother. All right, all right. I know I'm messing with some of you right now. Well, amen. That wasn't what I planned to preach on. But I'm just moving by the Holy Ghost. I'm not trying to be structured. Now, I can be. I can be dignified and homiletically sound in my hermeneutic presentation. But you, you need more than homiletics. You need Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And so today, I want to encourage this church. There are great things in store for you. I'm, 
I'm just glad to have a part to play in your your growth and transition. It's a very strategic time for this church today. Open up your Bibles to Jeremiah 12. Oh, bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I believe in God for someone getting off the fence tonight. Somebody's in the valley decision trying to make up their mind what they're going to do. I believe in God for you tonight. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the young people here tonight. All the young people under the age of 18 shout glory. Uh-huh. All the young people under 18 shout glory. My Lord. Now, now that's the lively bunch. That's the young people, the lively. Glory. Okay, we're going to work on that one. Amen. God bless you, Reverend Ortega. We appreciate everyone up here in this pulpit. Amen. Jeremiah 12, the weeping prophet says in verse 5 he wiped his eyes dried his tears long enough to get these words out Jeremiah the weeping prophet speaks to us in verse 5 if thou hast run with the footmen and they have wearied thee then how canst thou contend with horses and if in the land of peace wherein thou trustest they wearied thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? If you've run with the footman and he's got you tired, what are you going to do when the horses come? And tonight my message is very simply this, the horses are coming. The horses are coming. Put your Bibles down and just let's just ask God to speak to us. Lord, we thank you for this time, this opportunity. Speak life into our lives. We joyfully receive your word ahead of time. Our hearts are open. Everyone shout, our hearts are open to receive your word. Lord, transform us with the power of your words. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you've run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, how will you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace wherein you trust us, they weary thee, then how will you do with the swelling of Jordan? Let me preface this message by saying the obvious, and you know this. We're living in the last days. The last of the last days. Paul described it some 2,000 years prior to this day, yet these conditions were present in his hour, some 67, 70 A.D. He said to his son Timothy, Know this, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Perilous times means times of peril or times of danger. Times of great difficulty. And I have found consistent in Scripture that God's people before deliverance came 
always went through great tribulations. They went through great struggle and persecution. As it was in Paul's day, he did not escape the edge of the sword. Nero had his head cut off. James, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, they said that church had grown to about 70,000 members. James was beheaded. Peter was eventually put on a cross, but he did not want them to crucify him like Jesus. But they crucified him upside down. Many met the edge of a sword. Some had their tongues pulled out. Some of them were put in that arena with ravenous beasts. My God, and made as sport. That was the sport of the day, feeding Christians to lions. And it's amazing to me how that in this hour, we would have the audacity to complain about the times and how tough we've got it. John, who was the beloved, this was the one beloved, they attempted to boil him in a vat of oil. They were trying to make a french fry out of John. But God didn't allow him to boil. He had so much love in him. So they banished him to the Isle of Patmos. But I would dare say that in this hour, as the scripture says in Hebrews, we have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. As tough as we have it today, none of us can say we have ever faced that kind of persecution. Nevertheless, these are difficult days because our testing is in other areas. Much of our testing has to do with the wearing down of our ability to withstand worldliness. You see, we have a great test dealing with the, with the entrapment and the lure and the seduction of the world. And it's coming at you every which way. We have an area in my city where we go home and it advertises these adult bookstores and there's this huge picture of a, of a lady that is scantily clad and I just want to cover up my kid's face every time we drive by it. It's coming at you every which way. Worldliness. But on top of that, there's just, there's this, just this inability to resist temptation. There's this inability to resist the, the, the onslaught of discouragement to the point that we have such a depressed age. One of the number one killers among teenagers is suicide. If it blows me away why a child would say I want to kill myself. Right there in this room is a Nintendo 64 Sega Dreamcast set up. He's got his color TV over here. Chess set over here. His own telephone. His own cell phone. His own boom box. Allowance every week. Got his bicycle. Got his skateboard. And he says, I want to kill myself. Men's heart are failing them under the weight of all the situations that come upon us, failing them for fear. And it's happening in church. I've never seen such a day when people are so fickle 
and willy-nilly and sometimes up and sometimes down. Lord have mercy. On fire one week and dead the next. No, not the next week, the next day. Help me, Holy Ghost. Shout the victory on Sunday. Monday morning, already thinking about giving up. Why? Because the car had a flat tire. And, and I don't have enough money for lunch this week. And, and Sister Jones didn't invite me to her baby shower. Help me, Jesus. Pastor didn't use me to take up the offering this Sunday. And, and Daniel Myers always gets the lead, and I can sing better than he can. And I'm just going to quit and just give up on this. Honey, you haven't been through anything. Help me, Holy Ghost. It's time for the weak to say, I'm strong. The Bible didn't say, coddle the weak, oh baby, precious. He said, let the weak say, I'm strong. You see, in wartime, everything changes. We don't have time to coddle and fondle you every time you feel hurt. Honey, these are war times. And it's time for everybody to get on the battlefield and work for the Lord. Shake yourself. Quit sucking your thumb. Perilous times shall come. Let me tell you something. God never promised you a, a, a garden of flowers to tiptoe through the tulips. In fact, it says that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what you were like in the world, but honey, once you come over here, you see, you don't know there's a devil until you cross over. When you were in the world, you were on the devil's payroll, so he really didn't bother you. It's not until you step out and get on the Lord's side that the devil recognizes who you are. Oh, you ought to be glad that you even are something to the devil. That you appear on his radar screen. You know why you appear on his radar screen? Because you got something in you that he don't have. And that's God on the inside. You know why he hates you? Because you get to be something he always wanted to be. And that's like God. That's why the devil hates you. He wanted to be like God. God said, but God said, I'll dwell in you. I'll live in you. You'll be like me. He's jealous of you. He hates you. Every time he see you, it's not fair. Because I wanted to be like God. And you let these little puny human beings have your essence. God, breathe in man. God didn't breathe in the ape. He didn't breathe in the nostril of the gorilla. But he put his essence in me. 
stuff of divinity up inside of me. I have divine essence in me. Devil hates you for that. It's not fair, he says. I was there first. God made us in his image to be like him. And so because you have separated yourself from him, then you're going to draw the fire of the enemy. And you ought to be considering it an honor. Think it not strange, Peter says, concerning a fiery trial as though some strange thing has happened to you. Don't, don't come to the pastor clueless. What has happened to me? Excuse me. The early apostles counted it an honor to be persecuted for the name of Jesus. What an honor to be persecuted for his name's sake. But let me tell you something. As hard as it is right now, you know what we have to carry us through all this? Grace. Everyone shout grace. What is grace? Many definitions for grace. Somebody took the word grace, G-R-A-C-E, and used the acronyms, God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace could be unmerited, unearned favor. Or grace could be just simply put this way, God giving you something you don't deserve. The first cousin of grace is mercy. And mercy is God not giving you what you do deserve. When God has mercy on you, you deserve a whipping. But God don't give you what you deserve. That's mercy. Lord, have mercy. And then when God has grace on you, you don't deserve that new job. Because you ain't been doing right by your tithes. But God says, I'm going to bless you anyway. That's grace. Everyone shout grace. So I want you to understand, saints, that in this hour that we live in, this is called the dispensation of grace. God has these periods of time where he deals with man. Innocence, conscience, human government, promise, law, grace. And then the kingdom age is coming. But it's a shame that in the grace age, so many are saying, I'm tired, I'm ready to get out. This is too hard for me. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, he said it this way. If you've run with the footmen and you've gotten tired, what are you going to do when the horses come? He's saying this. If you're getting tired now and you're getting weary now and you're only trying to run and keep up with the footman, a two-legged animal, don't you know that there's a time coming when horses are going to be released? And you're not going to be able to keep up with a four-legged, one-ton animal. If you're getting tired and weary, ready to quit now, honey, there's a worse time coming. Lord, have mercy. He said the footman, I believe in this hour that there are certain footmen 
of God's grace that God has instituted for us, and they're not beyond your ability to keep up with. Help me, Holy Ghost. Some people think that holy living is hard. Listen here, honey. Holy living is not hard if you want to live holy. Let me tell you something. Here's the secret to living holy. Everyone listen to me. Here's the secret. I found it out. The secret to living holy is to live holy in secret. All right. Huh? What, what, what did he say, Martha? Let me tell you again. The secret to living holy is to live holy in secret. Hypocrites have a hard time living holy. You know why? Because in secret they live like the devil. They're dancing and doing a bounce. And then when the saints come by, oh. praise the Lord, Pastor Cristo. That's hard work. It's hard because you never know when you're going to run into a saint. So the secret to being holy is just be holy all the time. When nobody sees you and when people see you, I'm always the same. Be holy in secret. But people think it's hard. I just don't like all those rules and regulations. Just make me sick when people talk about rules and regulations. When you were in the world, you followed all of the devil's rules and regulations. And you had no problem obeying his rules. If you were going to be with a set and hang with a set, the devil had his clothing you had to wear. You had your baggy pants and the pants were sagging. And you had your bandana around your neck and your head, and you had your gold chain. You are living according to the standards of the world. Don't come over here and say, oh, it's too much to do. You did it in the world. You wore the uniform of the world. But that's too much. I can't keep up with that. That's hard causes people to get weary oh, okay I'm just gonna jump out here on the deep end of the pool but I just don't believe it takes all of that I in fact tithing was under the law you don't know your Bible Abraham tithed before there was a law to tithe tithing came before the law but people get upset because they have to dedicate not just a tenth, but beyond a tenth to the Lord. But it's amazing. The devil, before you got saved, would take his tithe. When Friday came, you immediately went down to the liquor barn and paid tithes to get your Cuervo gold. When Friday came, you paid tithes to the drug dealer. You paid tithes at the club. You paid tithes to get your rims on your car. All of a sudden now, it's too much and it's too hard. But honey, this is just a footman. If you can't keep up with this, the horses are coming. Everybody should be tithing in this church. There should be 100% tithing. 
Tithing is your service fee for living on this earth. People say, oh, I want the windows of heaven to fall down, to open up and blessings to come down. Let me tell you something. God doesn't do windows for less than 10%. Oh, you want the blessings, but God don't do windows for less than 10%. Well, it's hard. Let me tell you something. It actually should be beyond that because in the New Testament church, they gave beyond tithes. You want to do like they did in the New Testament church? They sold their house and brought the prophets. Laid it at the feet of the pastors. Said, here's the, 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 the gain that we got from the sale of our homes. You see, listen to this. A heart touched by grace, touched by love, will respond with no limits attached. The law tells me in San Diego, in the state of California, that I am to take care of my children and my family. The law says that... If for some reason I act a fool and the state has to take care of my family, then they will assess my wages a certain amount. That's the law. But the law doesn't tell me that I have to buy my wife a new dress at Nordstrom's. The law doesn't say I have to take my kids to Disneyland. You see, I do that because I love them. And when you love something, the sky's the limit. You'll go beyond what the law says. Love, listen, love is greater than law. See, some of y'all missing the point. You, you made $98.60 last week. And you got the audacity to fill out your tithe envelope. Okay, I'm going to pay my tithe. $98.66. So I'm going to pay God. $9.86 in tithes. Ooh. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You mean you couldn't make it an even 10? This is just a footman. This is just a footman. You mean you can't keep up with this? The horses are coming! In fact, listen here. When we say we're saved, Brother Frank, being saved means God saved your money. Being saved saves you money. I don't need my carton of cigarettes anymore. I don't need my keg of booze. I don't need my hoochie mama clothing. Hey! God has saved my money. You ought to be glad to give a time. You ought to be glad to put your money in the basket. You can't keep up with this. This is just a footman running. If you can't deal with this, honey, the horses are coming. This is too hard. This is not, this is jogging stuff. I, I, I can't make it to church. It's just too much. Don't even go there. 
Paul said in Hebrews, forsake not the assembling of yourselves as the manner of some is, and even the much more as you see that day approaching. Well, it's just too much. I got to get my rest for my job in the morning. Oh, that job that they're going to lay you off of and don't care nothing about you? But I got to get my rest. I have to operate at my optimum level for my job. And they don't care a thing about you, honey. I'm going to go on the church. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to stay throughout the whole service. I can keep up with this. I can do this. church say yes or have you forgotten those nights when you would party all night long it's amazing how smart we get when we get saved when we was in the world we were party the three four o'clock in the morning and you had a job you would stop at the gas station take a bird bath 5 30 you would make it to work smelling of wine and liquor and weed but you made it to work when you were in the world don't get cute now don't get cute now oh! just keep up just keep up with us this is easy You have been found out. Don't bring that stuff up in here. I gotta get my rest. And when they give you that pink slip, all of a sudden you see where they cared about you. You, you broke your neck trying to get to that job. And when they threw at you, they threw at you. This is grace, y'all. You mean you can't keep up with this? This is too hard? Oh, Jesus. God in grace in this hour gives us a pastor. Do you not know that the pastor is an extension of God's grace? In fact, in Ephesians 4, he says he's a gift to you. Your pastor is God's gift to you. You might not like the package that the gift comes in. Well, well, God, could you make the package a little taller? Could, could you make the hair a little darker? Could you put dimples on the package? It's not what's on the outside, but what God put on the inside. That's God's gift for you. In the grace dispensation, God didn't say, well, y'all figure it out. Y'all just fumble through the word and hope you find the scriptures that you need to get to heaven. God didn't just drop a Bible and say, okay, figure it out. Hope you make it. But no. In Ephesians 4, watch this, he says, and he gave some. Uh -oh. God gave. In other words, this is his gift to the church. 
the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher for the perfecting of the saints. You may think Santo Navarrete is hard and tough and too hard to deal with, but honey, he's just a footman. The devil is hard. The devil is ruthless. This is God's grace to you. Hear the words that come out of his mouth and you'll make it to heaven. I don't believe y'all heard me. of the saints. Now, I don't know how God does this, but he'll take an imperfect man and perfect imperfect people with an imperfect man. You figure that out. But I just, I just don't like the way he is sometimes. He's just a footman. You mean you can't keep up with him? If you can't keep up with the vision that God gives this man for this church, there's some horses coming. What do you mean, Pastor? Horses. In the book of Revelation, the sixth chapter, John gets a revelation concerning this time, the end time. John saw four horses coming on the scene Lord have mercy one horse was a white horse the other horse was a red horse the other horse was a black horse and the other horse was a pale horse the white horse symbolized the antichrist he said I saw a white horse and he that sat on him had a bow and a crown was given him and he went forth conquering and to conquer this is the Antichrist who comes on the scene with a bow with no arrows, showing the world a deception that he is a man of peace, but he's going to show his ugly side in the middle of the week and show the real intent of his coming. I just can't keep up with pastor. Okay, okay. You can't keep up with this two-legged man? The horses are coming. John said it in Revelation 6, I saw another horse, and it was a red horse. And power was given him to take peace from the earth, that they should kill one another, and there was given to him a great sword. That horse symbolizes war. You can't keep up with this two-legged man. That's okay. Jeremiah said, if the two-legged man is wearing you, what you gonna do when the horses come? Oh, oh, you can't deal with this? There's a black horse coming. He said he saw him, and lo, a black horse, he that said on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And he said a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, see that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. The third horse is famine. When he said a measure of wheat for a penny, that was a day's wage. A denarius was a day's wage. And you know what he was saying? There's coming a day to buy a loaf of bread will take a full day's pay. 
and you can't pay tithes now. Oh, it's just too much. It's too much. We're having a building program. We need everyone to give $1,000. Oh, 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 that's too much. Okay. That's just the footman. John said, there's a black horse coming. And your money is going to take a whole day's of pay just to buy a loaf of Wonder Bread. And when you spend your whole day's pay on that bread, you're going to say, I wish I'd have paid tithes when the preacher was here, when the church was here. I should have went on and paid my tithes. All of a sudden, you're going to remember these days at Temple of Redeemer. And you know what you're going to say? That was easy. I was griping, saying it's too hard. But in the end time, famine's going to come on the land. And I don't believe it's going to be because there's going to be a loss or a rarity of food. It's because there's going to be control over food. It's going to require you a day's wage to buy a loaf of bread. All of a sudden, tithing is going to seem like child's play. He said, I saw one more horse. It was a pale horse. And the name that sat on him was death and hell. And power was given over him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, with the beasts of the earth. That word, pale, means chloris in the Greek. Chloris, from where we get our word chloroform or chlorine. And many commentators say this pale horse symbolizes chemical warfare. We're now finding out the effects from Desert Storm. We thought we got out clean. Now we're finding out Saddam unleashed some stuff. He said a fourth part. You know what that's going to be? A billion people will die. A billion America has 275 million. Multiply that times four. A billion people will die with that horse coming. Oh, help me, Jesus. That four-legged animal is big. It's not like you. A horse has four legs. He can outrun you any day. You're a two-legged animal. You can't keep up with those horses. And Jeremiah says, if you can't keep up with the footman, if you're getting upset over what's happening now, there's going to be four-legged horses coming. Famine, death, war, sword, chemical warfare. And you're going to be crying in a day, I didn't realize how easy I had it. But I griped and complained when it was easy. You see, this time seems so hard because you got nothing to compare it to. But when you find out what you got to compare these times to, all of a sudden, these are easy times. You see, everything is relative. Once you compare it to what is going to be, he's going to seem like an angel to you. You rebelled and fought wouldn't submit when the antichrist comes on the scene and has no mercy on you you'll cry oh god give me a pastor like pastor nevada 
You didn't appreciate it when you had it. You, you, you couldn't keep up with the foot. You got tired and said, I'm tired of this. I'm getting out of the church. The horses are coming. Let me tell you something. If you can't make it now, you're not going to make it through the great tribulation. You know what I used to think when I was growing up? Well, if I didn't get saved, because I would think, well, I'm going to hang around my mama and hold on to her skirt when the rapture come, and I'm going to grab her, and I'm going to go up with her. Mm -mm. And then I found out a little more about the word. I said, okay, well, if, if I don't make it now, I'll just allow myself to get my head cut off. I won't take the mark of the beast. And, and, and I'll just go through that. But you know what? It dawned on me. Wait a minute. If I'm getting mad because somebody talked about me, if I'm getting mad because I was overlooked and the ladies' auxiliary didn't give me a shower, if I'm getting mad at the pastor because of the rules, how in the world do you think you're going to let your head get cut off for the name of Christ? Well, you can't stand someone talking about you for the name of Christ. You're not going to be willing to lay your head on a block and look at a blade coming down at your head. Hallelujah. Come here, pastor. I want you to stand with me down here. Jeremiah said, if you run with the footman, just come in, just put your arm around me. He's just a footman. Let's just, let's, you know what? I think I can keep up with him. Don't go too fast. Just, just take me out. Hallelujah. I, 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 can, I can handle that. This, this is okay. I can deal with this. This ain't bad. This ain't bad. Yeah, okay. I got you. I got you. I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. That's good. I can deal with it. I can deal with it. I can come to church on time. I can pay my tithes. I can live holy. I can keep from the world. Hey, I wonder if there's some saints here that's willing to keep up with the pastor. Stay down here. How many people willing to run with the footman? Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. This is the footman now. Get behind him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I need some brothers that are willing to stand with the footman. How many brothers can I get to stand with the footman? Lord, have mercy. Stick with, just stay with the footman. Wherever he goes, you go. Wherever he goes, you go. Stay with the footman. Yeah. with the footman you can keep up with him he's not a horse you see how easy it is you see how easy it is come on come on clap your hands
Sister, pastor's wife, come here. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. God put her here for a reason. God made them a team ministry. Glory. She's just a footman. Hallelujah. God put her here. She's anointed for her job. I wonder if there's some sisters that won't talk about the woman of God, but will just stand with her and walk with her and stand by her side. Just go with her. Walk around. Yes. Stay with the footman. Jesus. When somebody, listen to me, someone comes and brings you negative stuff, you know what you tell them? Just say, the horses are coming. Someone bring you negative report, you don't have to get into it. 
and find out who sent it, just say the horses are coming. The horses are coming. My God. If we can't deal with this stuff now, just remember the horses, the four horsemen of Revelation are coming. It's as sure as you standing here. If you have run with the footman and he's got you. What if we brought up? I wish I could have brought a horse in here. Believe me, if I could have, I would have. Let you get a sight of what a four-legged horse looks like. Right. Ain't no way you can keep up with that. If you can't get the Holy Ghost now, you ain't going to get it when the church leaves in. The spirit of grace is here right now. Who needs the Holy Ghost? Stand right here. You never spoke in tongues? Listen, you can't lose with all this around you. This is the time to make things right. This is the hour. Don't wait till the end of time has come and it's too late. Is there anyone here who's never been baptized in Jesus' name? Come and stand here right now. Never spoken tongues. Come right here, right now. If, if you think it's hard now, honey, it's going to be hard to get the Holy Ghost when the spirit of grace has been taken out of the earth. He come a when the grace age is over, it's over. No more grace. You're on your own then. You'll run to this church and you won't feel the spirit of God in here anymore. It might have a different name on it. The militia group of the Antichrist One World System Meeting Center. And this might be the place where you get the mark on your hand. You're going to remember all the prayers of the saints around this altar. And instead, there'll be a table here where they're going to give you a mark. And you're going to cry, I remember when we used to pray around this altar. And I wouldn't come to church at prayer time. And I thought it was hard to drive from where I lived to church there. Strengthen him right now. Strengthen him. You can make it. Thank God for you, brother. Come here, I want to pray for you, young man. Thank you, Jesus. Stand up here. Thank you, Jesus. The spirit of grace is here today. God loves you. Stand over here. Stand over here. God loves you. God wants you. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. God wants to fill you today. You don't want to be here when the, when the rapture takes place. And the four horsemen are released in this world. Jesus loves you. Jesus wants you. Jesus loves you, brother. But you got to know that you need him. You can't rely on self-righteousness. You need the Holy Ghost if you're going to make him. There's nothing you've done that God can't forgive you of. You're not unworthy. Huh? We're all unworthy. God loves you, sister. Huh? In the name of Jesus, receive his spirit. I receive. Hey, he forgives you. 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 Yes, come on.
Jesus. Jesus.
The horses are coming. The horses are coming. Oh, yes. 